Hello, thanks for listening to Prayer in the Word. This is Matthew Bryant, and this is episode 23. We are actually on the 10th episode in a series that we've been going through in Philippians, praying through Philippians and letting the uh, Word of God prompt our prayers and shape the priorities of our prayers. So if you're new to joining, this is just a series that's been uh, modeling the principle of praying with an open Bible. And so right now I've got my Bible open in front of me, so we're going to work today through the rest of Paul's letter to the Philippians. We're in chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 10 and work our way through the end to verse 23. Thanks for listening in. Okay, here we go. We're praying through Philippians. We're looking today, and to finish up the um, the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 23. Let's dig into the text. Verse 10 says, I rejoiced in the Lord. Rejoiced in the Lord. And we looked at that last week of how remembering how our rejoicing always needs to be in the Lord. Verse 4 Chapter 4, verse 4, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'm going to keep on telling you, I will say again, rejoice. So as Paul says, I rejoiced in what? In the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Whatever situation, I'm going to be content. And I know that how to be brought low, I know how to abound. And in any and every circumstance, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Now, this is a verse right here, verse 13, chapter 4, verse 13, often goes on coffee cups and makes its way onto little uh, cute cute uh, picture frames and things like that in a Christian bookstore, but um, the context, remember, again, is Paul writing from a prison cell to a church who he has said is facing external opponents in chapter 3. They're enemies of the cross of Christ. They're also facing internal strife and conflict in their own church body from godly women who are now arguing and disputing over something that he doesn't name or mention, but he names them, Euodia and Syntyche. But he says this, he reminds him this, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so this is the context of not saying I can win this next football game as some, you know, kind of are unintentionally taught. That's like a theme verse for probably every Christian school football team there is, you know, but it's, it's saying I can do all things. I can rejoice in the Lord. I can stand firm in the Lord. Um, I can be content in any situation and in every circumstance. How? Because I have the Lord Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Verse 14, Yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no one, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and in receiving, except only you. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once again. And not that the gift, not that I seek the gift, but that I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. And so giving is one of the things that we do not only to um, uh, to offer someone something, Paul says he was receiving, but in their giving they were also 
um, accepting a blessing in this as well, that he seeks to see that they that it, that blessing, that fruit, increases to their credit. And so uh, giving is not just about, you know, um, supporting a missionary. You're also receiving in that the blessing of partnering with, and he uses that word partnership here, partnering with them and giving and receiving. And so um, you want to read more about this and the start of the church and how Paul goes on. You can read Acts 16 and then see the verses following that. Uh, and look at the chapters following. This is where the, the church starts in Philippi, and they start supporting him right there after Acts chapter 16. Verse 18 continues and says, I have received full payment and more, and I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus. Remember, we talked about him earlier in this letter. Epaphroditus is being sent back with the letter, and the gifts that you sent, and they, they sent Epaphroditus with gifts, a fragrant offering, and a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God, this is his prayer now for them. This is really in particular important for us to look at. What is what his prayer for the church in Philippi? My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So you see, he, he commissions them in this short prayer of praise to remember that God will supply every need of theirs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Verse 21 through 23 rounds out the chapter. It's a closing greeting. He says, To greet every saint in Christ Jesus, the brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. Caesar's household, those of Caesar's household would have been potentially um, uh, freed or um, uh, servants or perhaps just um, uh, servants and slaves of the imperial um, guard that would have managed and administrated different things throughout throughout Rome. Um, they belonged either by enslavement or through choice of like an indentured servanthood to Caesar's household, if you will. And uh, Paul wants them to know that these, uh, remember he had told them, I believe it's in chapter 1, verse 12, that what's served, uh, his imprisonment is actually served to the advancement of the gospel, even to the imperial guard. And here he says even this, there's, there are brothers and sisters in Christ, saints in Christ Jesus, of Caesar's household who now sent you greeting. Remember, Philippian church, what's happened to me has served to advance the gospel. And that's why he, I think, makes special mention here of Caesar's household offering greeting. The saints in Caesar's household offer greeting. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. I'm sorry, be with your spirit. And that concludes the letter to the church in Philippi. Now let's look and see how this informs our prayer. So my prayer should be marked by then, uh, as we saw in verse 10, as you look back at verse 10 with me, it says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly now at length that you've revived concern for me. So he's, he's still rejoicing in the Lord. He's not even rejoicing in their concern. You know That would be inappropriate for him to rejoice only in the fact that now the church is concerned for him. He was rejoicing in the Lord whether they're concerned for him or not. But his joy is in the Lord, and he's grateful for their concern. But his joy is still in the Lord. And we want our prayers to be marked by joy in the Lord. We want our prayers to see, as we see how Paul's concern was for others. 
And we see how he was so touched by and, and really strengthened by the concern that the church in Philippi had for him. In verses 10 through 11, we see that in 14 through 18 as he describes the gift that was given from the church in Philippi to Paul. And so are our prayers marked by concern for others? Are our prayers also marked by contentment in the Lord? Verses 12 through 13, you know, um, made mention of this, how it's often a, 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 a that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, and uh, is verse 13, yeah, also express a confidence and trust in the Lord. It's not just I can do anything in the flesh, but this is a, I'm putting my trust and my strength in the Lord and, and how he's going to strengthen me. Um, do we have contentment in our prayers? When we're going before the Lord, is it out of dependence on him or is it out of a desire to see God change my circumstances? Because Paul says in every circumstances he's learned to be content, and that's through trusting in the Lord through being content is through trusting in the Lord, having his joy in the Lord, not in circumstances, not in different events in his life. So he can be content whether he's in jail or out of jail uh, because he's content and he's trusting in the Lord to give him strength. And in verse 20, we see his prayer here. It's a short little prayer of praise and uh, prayer for the church in verses 19 really through 20 to remember that God's going to take care of them. So once again, there's that theme of trust in the Lord. But he worships the Lord here too. Our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so may we always have worship be a distinctive factor of our prayer life. So let's just take some time and let the words of this scripture passage uh, not only inform our prayer, but uh, shape the priority of our prayer right now. Uh, So God, we come before you. We want to rejoice in you, Lord. Help us to be rejoicing in you. And Lord, I pray that you would revive my concern for brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, would you revive my concern like the, the concern of the church in Philippi was revived for Paul? Would you revive my concern for believers, Lord, all around the globe who are suffering for the sake of the gospel, suffering for the advancement of the gospel? And so, Lord, revive my concern for them, God, concern not just in prayer, but also in the way I support and I give. And, Lord, would you motivate the hearts of, of people, Lord, in your family, Lord, to give and be generous like the church in Philippi, to give to churches, to give to missionaries, to give to uh, ministries and organizations that are seeking to advance the gospel. And, Lord, particularly in hard-to-reach places, God, closed-off countries, Lord, that are closed off to the gospel, Uh, through a government or, uh, God, through opposing forces. Lord, I pray, God, that you would open the doors. And, Lord, I I think about the prayer uh, that you've asked us to pray, that you'd send uh, workers, Lord, because the harvest is, is plentiful, but the workers are few. So I ask for, God, more workers to go, more workers like Epaphroditus who are willing to say, I'll leave home, I'll leave comfort, and I'll risk my life for my ministry to serve others. For the sake of others, Lord, I pray that you'd uh, revive that concern in, in our hearts, Lord. God, I pray for contentment, Lord, no matter what circumstance we face, God, that, that uh, we'd seek contentment and satisfaction, God, in you, God, and that we would look for strength not from uh, our own bank accounts, look for strength not from our own governments or, uh, Lord, uh, politicians or from military might, God, but we look for strength that comes from you. And so, Lord, would you strengthen us, God, for whatever circumstance we may face, God. I pray for confidence and trust in you, God, not confidence and trust in our own strength, our own flesh. God, we place our confidence wholly and totally in you. And God, I just want to pray and echo like Paul, Lord, that we would uh, see you 
be glorified forever and ever. Because God to you does belong glory forever and ever. Amen. Pray this in the name of Christ. Hey, thanks so much for listening today to Prayer in the Word. If you've enjoyed the podcast, would you take a minute and give us an honest review on whatever podcast listening service you use uh, so that you can help us get the word out and uh, give us that feedback. be super valuable and helpful to, to me, and I would be really grateful for it. Also, too, if you'd want to reach out to me and, and uh, uh, reach out to me, I would love to hear from you. You can, you can do so on my author blog, which is MatthewCBryant.com. And while you're there, you can see other posts that will be helpful for you in your own prayer life. And you'll also see information about my new book, How to Pray, 15 Days to a More Biblical, Joyful, and Consistent Prayer Life. You can find the book available on Amazon as an ebook on Kindle, or you can also find it in paperback on Amazon. Just simply go to Amazon, search How to Pray, Matthew Bryant, and it'll come right up. And uh, take some time, please look through that. Would would hope it'd be a great service to you. Um, and uh, just thanks so much for joining us in this series. Um, we're going to have some more stuff coming out here on Prayer in the Word. Grateful for you listening and tuning in for this series. Hope it's been of great service to you as you see this principle, this vital, vital principle of praying with an open Bible, allowing God's Word to not only prompt your prayers, but also shape the priorities of your prayer life. <laughs>